The Poe Politicking Show is brought to you by Audible. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, Audible is great for any continuous learner wanting to grow and expand their knowledge and insight. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash P-O-Audio and get an audiobook of your choice free with a 30-day trial. After the trial, your paid membership will begin at $14.95 per month. With your membership, you will receive one credit every month, good for an audiobook on Audible. Cancel before your trial ends and you will not be charged. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash P-O-Audio and download a free book by Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Napoleon Hill, Les Brown, Damon John, and more. Always remember that knowledge is power. Popolitikin.com Hey, this is Rico from the group Sezzle Funk, and I'm kicking it with my boy on Popolitics, and we doing our thing, and we'll be right back at you.
Welcome back to PolPolitikin.com, your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Make sure you download our app on iTunes and Android. I'm now politicking my homie, Rico Crowder. How you doing, bro? What's going on, bro, bro? Chill, man. How you doing? Everything good? Lovely? Yeah, man. Out here, we all getting ready uh, for this No Limit reunion tour, and it starts in uh, at the Essence Festival on July 2nd. All right, so, this was up. I'm jogging, lifting weights, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of No Limit Reunion Tour, like I said, you was in the group Sons of Funk. So yes, can sir. you just talk about your background a little bit? Let us know how you got involved with music before we get okay. to the No Limit everything. Okay, well, I started out when I was eight years old. My dad started me, you know, he was in the music industry as well. Um, he put me in a group with him and my brother. And another little guy down the street. And so we had like a little singing group, kind of like the Jacksons and so forth. <laughs> and, and so uh, I started from there. And then, uh, so, uh, hold on for a second. Hold on. Go. So uh, my my uh, cousins, Dez and Greg, you know, they were a lot younger than me. So, you know, they was trying to do music too. But, you know, I always kind of blew them off because they was like younger little cats or whatever, you know. And so uh, my other cousin, Mark, we were singing together. You know, we had a group called Destiny. But, you know, through trial and error, that didn't really work too well. So one day I seen my cousin Dez at uh at the Lake Merritt, man. We was uh, it was springtime, Lake Merritt. He was like, Cuz, what's going on? He said, Man, let's let's get together, let's do some music. I was like, Well, you done got a little bigger now. Let me see what we let's see what we got, you know. I said, it's a certain sound I was looking for, you know, because at the time it was at New Jack Swing. Teddy Riley had the best, best drum sounds, keyboards, and I was that was a particular sound I was looking for. And nobody had this in the Bay Area at the time. Nobody. So I, my, my cousin was like, man, just come over and hear some of the music. Oh, my God. I walked in the house, man. We went up to the room. He hit that play button, and it was like magic, man. All the sounds that I wanted, the music was banging. It was hitting. It was everything I wanted. And the very first song that I heard that he played for me was a smash, right? But he didn't have any lyrics. I'm normally the one in the group who writes like the hooks and the lyrics to the song, especially back then. Now they didn't even got proficient in doing it. So, um, but especially back then, I was doing a lot of the majority of the writing of the songs. And Dez was doing a lot of the production on the songs, you know. And so our very first song was, uh, If Your Body Says Yes, Come On Over. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was, <laughs> yeah. And that was like a local hit, man. Everybody, I had look. It was so the song was so raw. I had some enemies that loved the song. They was like, man, we might we might not get along, but you wrote a badass song there, bro, bro. Yeah, the uh. shit was rolling. And so then, so then, so we had got a couple of more deals, you know. Uh, with uh, who was that? Who was Fuji's? Who was with the Columbia? Columbia's uh-huh. Columbia Records, and that didn't go too well. So we come back home, kind of dismayed, you know, and uh. I was at the barbershop. It was this real popular barbershop in Richmond, California called Mark's Barbershop. Uh, and that's where everybody that was anybody came to that one particular shop, right? So Master P, he had, just, um, he had just came from New Orleans. So I walk in and I see this picture of this dude with these goals in his mouth. And he would a, a gang of other cats, right? So I asked my homeboy, Alamo, you know, he was really well-known little cat. And he was like one of the first guys to ever put a record out. Uh, at 16 when he did so you know we was real tight we like we've been knowing each other since we were like three years old so i uh looked at this picture i said who is this he said oh that's master p from new orleans i was like really man you know he looked like he can do something right 
Man, about five, ten minutes later, Pete walks into the barbershop. The brother had a personality, man, that was bigger than life. He had everybody in there rolling. Hey, don't get it twisted. Pete could easily stop rapping and become a comic. Uh-huh. The dude was hilarious, man. He was hilarious. So um, he recognized me from doing a lot of singing around town and uh, different uh, venues and stuff like Black Family Day in Sacramento. Uh, at Davis, that was real popular. So he had said, you know, he had seen me out there. And so he, we made a pack with each other right then and there, man. He looked at me, he said, he said right next to me, man. He said, hey, man, if ever uh, you make it, will you help me? And if ever I make it, I'll help you. I was like, man, hell yeah, man. I was, bro, I was broken in glass on the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> I was tore up. So, you know, I was just basic, bro. You know, I had a little job, but, you know. Of course, you know, I wanted, you know, because I don't know, rap at the time was rolling. You know what I'm saying? NWA, they was doing their thing. Uh, we was uh, going to do a little deal with Hammer, but another little dude that was in my group kind of messed up the deal. You know what I'm saying? So I said to myself, if ever I meet another rapper that I think is going to be successful, I'm going to be his homeboy. You right? <laughs> so I'm going to hook up with him. So it just so happened, P, man. And then, so we kept this pack and we would see each other from time to time. Uh, P. It was so weird, man. He had like two or three different apartments. So where I was staying, I would see him all the time. Then his hat, he had a little duck-off apartment by my boy's sister house, right? I see him over there. Then my best friend's uh, 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 girlfriend had an apartment right across from Sonya C. So I, everywhere I go, I would see P. So we would always, like, you know, we really became friends. All of a sudden, man, um, E-40, right? He was real popular at the time. He still is. He has an uncle called Saint. Uh, his name is Saint Charles, who gave Master P the game on how to blow up. Hmm. He said, "P, you can't really do it around here, but if you go back home to the South, man, you're gonna be successful." They had no idea how super successful he was gonna be once uh, Saint Charles showed P how to really uh, market and distribute the records to where it was gonna be successful. P did it times ten. Okay, so uh, we recorded, uh, you know, it was a really popular song, Pushing Inside You, right? So, uh, we, uh, long story short, man, we um, went to L.A. in a raggedy red, red truck, man. We had to hold it and drive all the way there. Because if we didn't, <laughs> if we hit a bump, it would fly and park, and we would go through the window, right? Right. So we traveled all night to get to L.A., man. So something told me inside, man, say, go to Priority Records, right? I go to Priority Records. The first dude I see was, uh, you remember the, the show, uh, TV show, Urko, Family Matters? Yeah. Eddie? Yeah. The first one I see was Eddie. So I gave Eddie pushing aside. He was like, oh my God, dog, this is a banger. This song is like the, it's like off the chain. So I was like, okay. So he gave me all his numbers. He gave me uh, his assistant number and everybody's number. He said, I'm going to hook you up, man. You know, you're going to meet a lot of folk, fake folks in L.A., you know, as you know, because you're from California. I was like, yeah. He said, but I'm going to hook you up. So we was kind of still sad because we still didn't have nothing in our hand, right? And we had traveled all the way 500 miles to, like, hook up another deal. And we had really nowhere to live. We was out there basically homeless, dog, like real talk. We was basically, gonna, like, really going to have to live in this, this red truck. Luckily, I knew this girl who told me we could stay with her in a one-bedroom apartment. So I was like, oh, that ain't really going to work. Okay. So we were sitting there, man, 15 minutes later, 
In comes P again, like at the barbershop. I swear, man, have you ever seen somebody who had a halo over the top of <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Bro, the dude had this halo. And I was like, whoa. I was like, oh, snap. But watch this. I had no idea P was a multimillionaire. No idea. All I heard from, you know, coming from Richmond was P had got a record deal. He had possibly got like between $150,000, $200,000 record deal, right? And I was just like, well, man, sh- well, I might as well try to hook up with my boy, at least get something under my belt, right? So I said, P, man, what's going on? He's like, what's going on, man? I said, yeah, man, uh, we want to hook up with you, dog. We need a deal. We out here bad. You feel me? He was like, man, you you really still singing? I said, yeah, you still rapping? He said, yeah. He said, come on with me, man. Let's go upstairs. I was like, oh, okay. So we get on the elevator, and he says this, man. He said, listen, uh, if uh, your music is what you say it is, I'm going to make you guys one of the most popular R&B groups in, in, in the world, especially in the United States. I was like, what? You serious? He said, yeah, man. I said, look, bro, you think we're going to be bigger than Jodeci? <laughs> <laughs> that was your goal, huh? That's what I, that's all I wanted to do was be like Jodeci or bigger. That's all I cared about, right? So he like, started laughing. He said, yeah, and I'm going to put some money in y'all pocket, too. I was like, for real? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so he gets in the office. Man, Pete put on pushing inside you. It took all him two two seconds, dog. He was like, man, get the contracts out. Uh, sign these boys up, man. He said, man, listen, I'm going to put $100,000 in each one of you guys' pocket. I was like, what? <laughs> I, what a, $100,000? I ain't never seen that much money in my life, dog. Like, what the hell am I going to do with $100,000, right? So he started laughing, you know, and everything. So he's like, man, that's just beginning, man. So, okay, we took the truck home. He flew us to uh, Baton Rouge, where I got a house right now. And uh, we went to the office and everything, and everybody greeted us, and we met the rest of the No Limit Soldiers, C-Murder. You know, I already knew C, really, from Richmond, because he was out there in Silk, you know. and uh, But the rest of the guys, Moby Dick, you know, uh, Mr. Servon, you, you name it, I, they was all there. And it was like, really, you know, they embraced us, you know. And... Uh, Pete opened up this safe, man. I never forget this, dog. He opened up this safe, and I swear the boy looked like Chase. I was like, "Bruh, did you rob Bank of America? What? What the hell? There's more money than I ever seen in my life, man. It was stacks and stacks of hundreds, all in this one safe. So he grabbed out a stack and he threw uh through one. He threw about a five hundred thousand dollars, right? Because he promised a hundred thousand apiece. I was like, oh, oh my god, right? So he was like, man, that's just the beginning, right? So, okay, so everything was going swell, man. We got to meet everybody. They put out the song. Peace, so millions of uh, singles are pushing inside you. Okay, so we, we back home. We didn't even know we was, we didn't even know we was successful by this time. We just knew that the man gave us this money. We kind of hearing that, you know, we doing okay. We had no idea, man. So one day he calls us out of the blue and said, hey, man, you guys want to go to the Bahamas? I was like, hell yeah. I was like, well, bro, you just gave us all this money. You Can you afford all this? He started laughing. He said, yeah, man, I, I got a few bucks. You know, it's all good. So, okay, he flies to the Bahamas. So the first person I see when I get off the plane is see murder And he's smiling ear to ear. He was like, man, y'all boys done blew up. Y'all like superstars out here. I was like, bro, you lying. He was like, man, I'm, I kid you not. So they presented us with our tanks. 
and plaques and everything. And at the time, we was, uh, I don't know if you remember, the it was a BRE, Black Radio Exclusive. And we all went there. And then, you know, Master P uh, is a great guy, man, but he's very meticulous about people he's around. You know, he don't, he don't like a lot of mess. He don't like a lot of, you know, uh, he don't like, you know, a bunch of things that can, that can go wrong. You know what I mean? So what he did was he knew all of us wanted to party. So he rented this uh, this party boat. Huge party boat, man. He and he invited certain select people. I think R. Kelly came and uh, uh, Nunez. I think it's a guy. Uh, I forget his name. Anyway, he was he's a, he's a TV star or whatever. He invited certain people to come on. We had our own party on this boat, and everybody was looking from the uh, from the beach, like wishing the guy they could be on this boat with us, man. And we had a ball. Okay, so fast forward, we go home, and then uh, so he. Calls us. <coughs> He calls us and says, hey, man, I need y'all to come on, fly to L.A., and I need y'all to uh, come sing on this song I got called. I'm, I really homies, right? I was like, all right. So I got the fellas together. We flew to L.A. And um, so uh, before we went to the studio and sang the song, he, he called me to his room. He said, Reek, let, uh, let me hear what y'all been working on for your album. I said, okay, shit. So, I, you know, I, I stay ready. If I stay ready. I gave him the CD. It was I got the hookup, right? It was the music, but he named it I got the hookup. And uh, believe it or not, we were actually about to throw me and Dez was about to throw that song away. I was like, Dez, hold on, man. We might want to keep that song. I, something about that it does something to me when it comes on, right? He said, All right. So we wrote the lyrics to it, whatever. So I played it for P, and he was like, Man, y'all boys and did it again. He said, Man, I'm gonna tell you what. That song is gonna be the lead single to the movie I Got the Hookup. I'm gonna put my part on there. We go after I finish. We gonna finish doing. Uh, I miss my homies. And then we gonna go record. I got the hookup. I was like, bro, are you sure? He said, yeah. I need y'all to. Uh, don't even worry about going back home. We finna fly back to Baton Rouge, and y'all gonna stay there for like three months. And then we gonna uh, we gonna be back and forth to L.A. doing the movie, and y'all gonna be working on your album. I was like, wow, man. It's like my whole life has been this wonderful whirlwind ever since. Okay. So uh, the movie come well. We finished the album and everything, and we got to LA, and uh, we had one, like one more song to do. And he said, "Well, when you guys are done, call me. I'm gonna have a limo come pick y'all up and bring you back to Priority Records." I was like, "Okay, cool." So we finished, and we get back to Priority, man. So we goes up in the office and everything, and they listening to the album, and, and P is like really pleased by what he's hearing, right? He's like, "Hey, man, you guys really did some really good work." He said, "Listen, man." Uh, what kind of cars y'all want? I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> now, mind you, I still got a lot of money. I still got a lot from that $100,000, right? I ain't had no bills. I had no kids. I ain't had nothing. Right? Like, I still so, got 90000 huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like out of control, right? So, uh, I said, well, hell, let me test the water. This is Pete. He was like, okay. Uh, we're going to go down to the Mercedes Benz place right here in Beverly Hills and get y'all all brand new Benzes. I was like, we finna do what? And he said, yeah, matter of fact, call up the realtor. All you guys are going to, uh, we're going to buy you guys houses right here in uh, in uh, Sherman Oaks, California. I mm. was like, we are about to what? He said, yeah, man, P spent like, ooh, man, at the time, I think like almost one point dollars on us within 30 minutes. And he didn't blink up. Much? Huh? How much you say? Like 1.5 million 
in 30 minutes and didn't <laughs> blink an eye. Man. I was like, oh my God. So after then, man, like, it's just like my whole life has just been on a just a just straight up wonder. It's like my whole life has been like uh Forrest Gump. I just meet seem to meet the right people, man, and you know, it, it, the right thing happens to me. So it's been a wonderful thing. Like I said, now the stars is lining up again. We all about to uh get together for this reunion. And then we're supposed to talk about a reunion tour with um and then we're gonna be doing all of the United States, uh, Europe and China. Yeah, I was gonna ask you too. So another thing fans wanna know. <laughs> so y'all was together from ninety seven to ninety nine, then y'all took like y'all took a break. Well Wikipedia said y'all retired, but then look y'all got back together in two thousand fourteen. Right. So right. what happened? Like why we only got one album? Sound like y'all really was like jealousy or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, you know, it's like, okay, we have been trying for so long and so hard. And, we, you know, we, uh, and finally we got the houses, we got the cars and everything. And we got the money. And I think we kind of just took a little hiatus. Um, but let's see, uh, about, mm, this is, what is 2017? About three, three years ago, man, we all did get back together. Everybody uh, came to my house and we recorded a wonderful album. If you go on YouTube now, you can see like a lot of the new stuff that we had done. And um, and we shot a, shot a video. We did a remake to Pushing Inside You, which was really great. And uh, so we, what we've really been doing is kind of being patient because we kind of knew that P was going to get us all back together. Uh, a matter of fact, uh, C Murder, I'm not C Murder, but uh, Silk, we all did a show with him in uh, Nebraska. And uh, he had told me, he said, listen, man, I'm going to keep it real with you. P is going to put, a, we all going to get back together, man. See, just don't tell everybody, you know, but we all getting back together. P is just waiting for the uh for this one little deal to come through with Coca-Cola, and then we're all gonna get back together and we all gonna start putting out some more records. So that's what we really been trying to do. And then, you know, my loyalty is so, so strong to P, man. You know what I mean? It's like like really it's and it's past just the music and the money and everything. Cause you gotta remember. We knew, I knew P before he actually blew up, you know, when he had just really just. Yeah, y'all made the pack, right? Yeah, we made that pack, man. We both were broke, you know what I'm saying? Well, maybe not him as much as me. <laughs> you like, you broke his glass, though, right? I was broke his glass, bro. You feel me? So that's what we were, man. So my loyalty, and we could have actually went with another record company or whatever, but we just. We really soldiers, man. We really true, no limit soldiers. So I've been waiting on the colonel to give me the call. We got the call, and we about to be back, dog. You about to see, it, and it's finna come, and we finna come hard. Yeah, I've been say too. Like I noticed, like, like uh, with record labels and owners, like it's never like nobody from No Limit ever came out and spoke bad on him. And even on interviews, like he don't mm. let nobody talk bad about the artist and nothing like that. So no, man. Seems no. like he very solid guy. Oh, extremely solid, man. I'm telling you, the brother will literally give you the shirt off his back, man. And he literally did that for me one time. Man, it may have on his Versace shirt. I don't know how many thousands of dollars that brother paid for that shirt, but I wanted that damn shirt so bad. I say, Colonel, bro, like, I know you done done a lot for me, man, but laughing at me, man. He said, man, you can have this shirt, man. I got another one. And he gave me this, gave me a shirt, man. And I was so happy to have that Versace shirt, man. I'll never forget it was. Like, I still got it, huh? <laughs> I, 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 hey, like, I still got that damn shirt. 
right, so you was talking about the No Limit tour, and you was saying y'all y'all got more music coming up, and you was also telling yeah. me about a TV show you're working on, right? A dance show. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. The No Limit tour is coming. Uh, Sons of Fun. We got a highway. Uh, it's called uh, Southern Girl. Man, when I tell you, it's a radio smash, man, and it's and it's uh, not as suggestive as pushing inside you, but the longevity of the song and the uh, commercialability of the song and the um, you know, man, it's one of them songs that that'll last and play forever. Uh, so we're gonna be dropping that, you know, when we get with P and everything, and we're gonna put it on a you know on a, on a radio level. And then um, I have a TV show and my kids, man, I, I got twins that are 15 years old, boy and a girl, Rico Jr. and uh, my daughter, Jade. Uh, it's just like Soul Train and they're the host. And we're inviting like young up and coming uh, rap uh, singers, you know, whatever, comedians, what have you, uh, to be on the show. And we have dancers. Just like, It's just like the same uh, Soul Train setting, you know, but a little younger crowd. And uh, then I, um, I'm getting it ready for NBC, and I'm going to have some execs check it out and, uh, and see if we can get a deal. But it's, it's already going to be on TV out here on uh, CW21. And then you was talking about, like, classic. I feel like Pushing Inside of You is a classic. Yes, it is so definitely How you feel about classic. that song still? I know it's still okay, going on. Bro, let me tell you what's real. I still get checks to this day from some of the weirdest places you wouldn't believe was playing the song. Bulgaria. Indonesia, Africa. Uh, one time I got a check from JetBlue. They was playing the hell out of the song. <laughs> JetBlue, man, from there. They sent the money to, you know, uh, BMI, and I saw how many times they were playing it. I guess whatever they was playing on the uh, on the jet for, whatever, somebody wanted to get pushed. <laughs> and then are you the lead on that song? No, it's um, Dez and uh, and uh and uh, and rest in peace. It was Ricky Ricky J. Uh, he was uh, the actually the fifth member in our group. But it was so weird, man. Uh, when we signed with P, when we got back home, he was murdered. You know, mm. and, and so uh, we have a new member. His name is Jerry, but he's not really new to y'all. He knew, but he'd been around for years in the group, and, uh, and so he's singing the second part. Mm. Yeah. What are some of your interests outside of music and entertainment? Um, let's see, real estate, uh, um, let's see, real estate, what else I got going? Um, hmm, my kids, man, travel, just, I'm just a regular dad, man, you know, I don't really do too much outside of just try to make sure that they live a, you know, adequate life and, and following my footsteps as far as, you know, finishing school, finishing college. Matter of fact, I just got my, my master's degree in psychology. Well, congratulations. Yeah, I got one in psychology, too. Really? Wonderful. Yes. Yeah, indeed. I like psychology a lot. And so um, so that's what I'm doing, man, and, and just trying to make sure that they live a, you know, a good life and looking forward uh, to this tour and then buying some more property. That's it. We're going to dig in some of this psychology a little bit. So if someone asked you what are the keys of success, what would you say? Um, humble. Being very humble. Uh, remembering exactly where you came from and who helped you. Never forget who helped you. Um, one thing I learned from Raphael Sadiq, man, he taught he taught me. Uh, you know, like we all grew up together from the Bay Area. He always he also taught me that uh, don't ever have any overhead, Rico. 
He said, this music business is a very fleeting girlfriend. She's going to mess with you, me, Jay-Z, Master P, and she's going to leave all of us. So get your money, buy everything like your home, cash, your cars, buy everything cash so you don't have any overhead because, uh, you know, that rainy day is going to come and you don't want to be stressed out, you know, because this business can really stress you out. Uh, then my mom taught me to uh, have a uh, buy real estate and rental property and get at least four pieces of property and you'll never have to work again. Well, you still got that hundred thousand, right? You still holding oh, on to that, right? I didn't, I didn't double tripled all that, man. I have a beautiful home here. I built uh, is they call it the mansion. I have like five or six condominiums that I own. Um, you know, did you sell, did thing. you sell the Sherman Oaks home or you still, you kept yeah, it? Yeah, you know, What I actually did was I took some money off of it and I, and I, and I flipped it out here and then I ended up selling it when the, when the market got extremely high. What was that? Oh, oh, six or seven, somewhere around there when the market really got high in California. Then I just, uh, I cashed out on it. So I did really well, man. So what advice would you give to any new artists? Um, be humble, man. Be humble. What your boy said at Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> sit down. Be humble. Yeah, sit down. Be but humble. why is that so important? Like, because some Gosh, of them, you know, man. they really feel like if they on that, like, like Kendrick. I mean, I don't know about Kendrick, but I mean, like, you really feel, you know, you top rapper right now. They feel like they don't got to be humble. So No, you have to because whatever goes up, don't come down. And the same people that you saw coming up, you're going to see coming down. And you're going to need them. Another thing I learned from, um, from uh, what's his name that owned Def Jam Records? Uh, Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons. He said, put as many cats as you can on. As many as you can. Because your day is going to come when you fall off. And you're going to need to go to one of those cats that's going to that's gonna need to bring you back up. Okay. So... Like I'm saying, like Masterpiece putting everybody on still, and he's going to help the, even the older cats. You know what I'm saying? And then somebody's going to blow from there. And then he's going to reap the rewards from it, and so are we. You see what I'm saying? And that's being humble. Master P honestly doesn't have to do a thing in the rest of his whole entire life, man. He still has $300 million. You feel me? So, But he's going back, and he's helping, still helping folks out. You know what I mean? At the same time, he's still going to re, re, you know, reap some rewards. And that's that's my uh my suggestion your best suggestion man and save your money buy you a home before you buy that damn super duper car you know what i'm saying because you can't sleep in your car you can't raise a family in a car you see and have no overhead that's the best suggestions i can give you oh four pieces of property buy four <coughs> you like to say to your fans people that have been supporting your career so uh so long well they've been like 20 plus 20 plus almost 30 now huh Man, almost 30, man. Thank you. We love you. Sons of Funk, uh, we doing it for you guys. You know, we, we're going to be right back in, in everybody's town. Guaranteed. Yep. All right, man. I want to say thank you for coming through politics with me. I really appreciate it. Big right, No I'm Limit fan. Man, for your time and everything. You want to tell them your social media and everything? Uh, I'm on Facebook, Rico Crowder. Um, I'm on uh, Instagram, Rico Sons of Funk. I do the Twitter thing too much. I, you know, I just, you know, I'm old school, man. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do everything. I just, barely, I just barely figured out how to do Instagram, you know. <laughs> Popolitikin.com. Thanks for listening to Popolitikin.com, a self help meets hip hop brand. If you are an artist or business owner wanting to be featured on Popolitikin.com, 
contact us at popolitikin at gmail.com. That's P-O-P-O-L-I-T-I-C-K-I-N at gmail.com. Or text 760-717-5803. If you're a listener that enjoys the show and wants to support, you can donate to popolitikin.com via paypal.com. Please send donations to popolitikin at gmail.com. Any amount will be helpful in continuing to create quality content and shows. As always, check out popolitikin.com for past episodes. Make sure you subscribe to Popolitikin on iTunes, YouTube, Podomatic, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.